Hey, chat. Welcome to episode three of Tactical Crouch, where the leaks are made up and the hosts don't matter. I don't know. Is that like a whose line is it anyway thing? Anyways, uh, I'm Kick Tripod, joined by Volamel and Yiska, of course, the smart guys in the room. We've got a lot to talk about today. We've got a pretty amazing lineup of topics. We're going to be discussing Path to Pro in... Uh, in in the the spotlight of the new kind of expanding um, Overwatch League and what that means there, talk about codename Railgun is what we'll call it for right now. No spoilers. We're going to talk about VOD sharing in the Tier 2 and Tier 3 scene. Some changes in the Overwatch League observing core. And, of course, we'll round out some free agent and signings in Overwatch League as well as answer your questions. So if you're in chat right now, put your questions in the chat. Yiska and Joe will make sure to uh, find them and put them in the Discord chat for me so I don't miss them. And we will discuss them. I do have a couple of housekeeping things. And then we'll talk to, to, to Joe and Yiska a little bit. I need to call you Volamel. I keep calling you Joe. I'm sorry, but people don't know who Joe is. Volamel is Volamel. It's, it's on my every, Twitter, to be fair. every morning when you go onto r slash competitive Overwatch, and you go slash by new, you search by new, you see an article by Volamel. It doesn't I say guess. Joe, so it's it's important. But before I do, uh, we've had a lot of questions here. Where can I download this show? How do I get it? Number one, iTunes, Google, Spotify, Stitcher. It's everywhere. You just have to search for Overwatch League Daily, and you're guaranteed to get this show. If you type in Tactical Crouch, I've typed it in on all those platforms, and it shows up as the number one um, the number one search result, so you should be good. But to be safe, if you're listening to this now, if you search for Overwatch League Daily, you'll find it. We are on the Overwatch League Daily feed. We are also on YouTube at youtube.com slash kicktripod and Twitch at twitch.tv slash kicktripod. Please do not post on the competitive Overwatch subreddit. Post linking this VOD. Just wait a couple hours. Wait a couple hours, it'll be up on everywhere else where people actually want to watch it. Because nobody wants to watch VODs on Twitch. Let me tell you. We've tried to do VOD reviews from Twitch VODs. It's just not... It's just. Oh, bueno. Please nope. don't. Please don't. This is a plea. Please don't. All right. Joe, Yiska, guys, it's been a long week. Feels like a lot has happened. Yiska, I, I mean, honestly, in the last hour, I think I feel like I've gotten to know you, Yiska, more than I've gotten to know you in like the past four or five months with some of the just the jokes going on in our Discord and stuff. So uh, <laughs> I, I, I... we we can't leak that, but um, no, yeah, it's <laughs> no. That link is terrible. If you, a, if you put a pistol on my chest and go like, either we leak your humor. Or we, you have to leak like the entire roster of I don't know whatever Overwatch League team. I'm definitely taking that Overwatch team. <laughs> like, I'm not going down for that. Yeah, fair it's enough. actually like it's it's scary in a sense because I think I'm more confident sharing fairly personal information than sharing my humor in this to the public. You should yeah. be. Yeah. yeah, you should trust me. That that is the right choice. <laughs> You have made yeah. the right choice, and I thank you for that. Yeah, because oh my, people aren't ready. You need to like get to know Yiska a little bit, get to understand the mind. No one understands the mind of Yiska. Not even my. Like yeah, it, or, or should I say us? Us seven. 
And, uh, <laughs> Do they all have names? Yeah. It's like split for Overwatch League. Uh, Joe, Joe <laughs> dude, first of all, good to see you, by the way. Yes, you're looking yes, great. It's a nice... Well, thank you. What hat is that? I don't know. It's a something Detroit. I don't know. Something Detroit. All something right. Detroit related. I thought it I thought it fit well with this shirt, so I was like, yeah, let's color you can code. T- you can tell how much of a melon he has, because a... he's on the last oh, dude. He's on Let the me last tell two. you. Let me tell you a funny story. When I was like in kindergarten, right? This new girl who ended up being like a neurosurgeon, I think she's at like U of M and she's doing crazy good things. So shout outs to her. But I remember the first thing she said to me when we went out to like recess or whatever, we were playing like dodgeball or something. She's like, you have a big head. I'm going to call you (laughs) Applehead. And that's always stuck with me. Whenever anybody says I have a huge head, I'm like, oh, you're you're right. But also, let me tell you the story. So, yes, Applehead. I am going me. to change your your little name tag to Applehead for next week. So uh, that's going to be it. That's going to make be it cool. happen. Is that a scoop neck hoodie? So it's like not like a hoodie. It's just like a really comfortable. Yeah, it's like just a like a like a long sleeve kind of baggy chill T-shirt. I with like a hood. I don't know why everything have hoods now, but because it's comfortable it and you look cool. It looks like I'm just rolled out of bed, to be fair. Kind of look like I'm camouflaged, like you can barely see me. I mean, if you didn't buy everything in gray, maybe it would. It's possible. It could be. All right. So we're also going to establish another rule for the show. The first 10 minutes, you can just skip if you don't want to hear non-Overwatch talk. It's the best part. Is that? I think it's the best part, too. But some people are like, give me my Overwatch talk. And I'm like, listen here, Todd. Sometimes we need to catch Todd. up. Freaking Come Todd. Come on, Todd. YouTube commenter Todd. Just hold your horses. All right. Let's talk about today's agenda. We got an excellent question last week from on Twitter from at Frage Chris or Frey J Chris. F-R-E-I-J Chris. Do your best to mispronounce it. I, I mean, what else? How else would you pronounce that? Frage Chris. Uh said asked an excellent question. And Joe, Joe, you're so wholesome. So we got some questions last week. I didn't respond to them. I wrote, put them in the document, but I didn't respond to them. Joe took time to respond to all of these questions. That's right. Um, and he wasn't even tagged in them. He had to go in and find them. It was. It's just a beautiful, like, beautiful moment. From man the, of the people, man. From the Applehead here. So uh, the you question was from Frage Chris. I'm so sorry for butchering Fra-J. that. Frage. Should Path to Pro expand to allow more teams and contenders now that NA has 11 franchises who may field academy teams? What effect does the abundance of academy teams in NA have on the amateur scene? Let's take this in two parts. Yiska, I'm going to go to you first. Should Path to Pro allow more teams in contenders now that we have 11 potential franchise who can utilize the academy system and in your opinion what effect would it have if your answer is yes or no so i would say yes but i wouldn't say it per se for all contenders regions so certain regions definitely have a higher demand for it um in the past i would have said korea i also am a big fan of customizing the respective tournament in accordance to 
like possibly the esports culture there, what kind of tournaments they usually run, um, what makes sense to run, but given their in infrastructure and whatever. I'm, I'm a big fan of like not standardizing the entire um, uh, system uh, for every region because that likely won't fit every region. So for NA specifically, I think it's probably high time that they do that simply because if they don't, then at some point we will be in a situation where there's so many academy teams where you legitimately, A, <laughs> don't even have spots for academy teams, if we assume that more Overwatch League teams will join in Season 3, but also that we don't have any endemic orcs uh, in, in NA contenders anymore. And also, keep in mind, it seems to be the case that these contenders teams or these academy teams get an auto uh, qualification. What if the situation isn't as such where you can just buy it or take it from someone, but all those endemic teams want to continue playing? How do you do that, right? Then giving like a free academy team um, buyout to a team that actually wants to play is pretty bad, in my opinion, right? It's already a struggle for NA as well as Contenders Korea uh, organizations to, or I'm sure for all the other regions as well, to uh, break even break even. in, Even if you have a team that develops Overwatch League talent and you get those buyouts, it's still not a sustainable model yet. So certainly I personally like um, having endemic orcs. And if that requires um, uh, an expansion of those certain regions, then yeah, I think so. So I have, I, I want to clarify something because this was something that we were asked in our YouTube comments is that we have a lot of listeners who are maybe a little bit newer to the competitive Overwatch scene. So uh, in the contender scene, you can have something called academy teams. And they're kind of, would you call them, Joe, would you call them like... Uh, minor league teams kind of for specific they're affiliated with yeah, overwatch affiliated league teams with team. yeah, that's a especially with two-way players now academy teams are more relevant than ever as far as being affiliated and actually linked to that uh overwatch league team a two-way player can actually play for either the overwatch league side of the squad or a contenders league side of the squad however there are I'm not going to go into all the details about what makes someone eligible for that, but just know generally that that's the thing. Joe, one of the key, uh, I would say, dissenting opinions on not allowing more academy teams or more contenders teams just in general is that they're worried that it would lower the overall quality of play. Is that, do you feel that way? Or do you think maybe that we would be all the better here in NA to have more academy teams and ultimately more contenders teams? Specifically for NA, I, I do think that it's an issue. Um, and I think that's kind of the hot button issue that everybody's kind of drawing problems with is that, you know, a lot of the new teams, well, we're, we're constantly getting more new Overwatch League teams in North America. So there, there kind of is a want or a need to continue adding contender slots. And I don't think that that's healthy for a number of reasons. 
But from my personal opinion, I think we should kind of decentralize where you can and cannot have a contender's team. Like I said, I'll I'll, I'll be I'll, I'll kick the dead horse here. You know, if if the Valiant wants to have a Brazilian team, if they want to have a team in South America, if you know the Boston for whatever reason wants you know a Southeast Asian team, why not let them have that? You know what I mean? This removes this whole problem, and it still adds support to other contenders' regions, which you know need it. But if I can't have that, um, no, I don't think increasing the slot would do much of anybody any good. Um, It lowers parity. It kind of ruins storylines as well. I think that having contenders teams in an open division is is kind of interesting. You know, now you're giving people a chance to, to... play up against teams that probably should be in contenders. You know, Sky Fox is now that team looks very, very dominant, very, very good. We're seeing them tested throughout all of open division. They have to go through trials, right? Seeing them tested adds to that storyline if they can make it back, which it looks like they they probably will. Um, they, it adds to that storyline continuing into contenders. So giving giving more people a reason to watch, adding to that drama, I think is really important. And you know, um, watching two zero and forty teams play each other just isn't interesting, and I don't think anybody's going to be really that invested in it. So kind of trying to remove that as much as possible is is important. By the way, just to open a, a second can of worms here, it's mm-hmm. like all these teams f- that weren't academy teams and try to push it off as if that was such an insurmountable difference because you didn't have the resources. That's absolute bullshit. And the best thing I can tell say about you is that it's good PR. Like teams like LNL, for instance. Yes, they they did obviously didn't have the resources like an academy team would, but at the same time, they had comparable amounts of staff, right? If these guys aren't paid, like I don't know what you're doing, but I'm not like if I'm really interested in something as well as very good at something, my incentive is not actually earning a living from it, right? Newsflash, by the way. Some of these academy teams also aren't getting paid enough that you, they can just just do Overwatch. They also have to do other things. How is that different from your day job? I would th- say that like that being a blanket statement is actually quite disrespectful for s- some of these academy teams where players are still struggling in some sense, right? So, um, yeah, I mean, good PR worked out for them, uh, whatever. Um, and then... Like Halo uh, of Thoughts just posted like a question which I can tag on is like, do we expect more teams like Sky Foxes because they like announced a couple of hours ago that their coaching staff was going to be huge and whatever. That's just what happens when people want to have an opportunity, right? Mm -hmm. That's, That's like, you can't argue that this wasn't an economic move from the position of LNL when a lot of the staff, at least, made it now into Overwatch League. This was something, like, there was opportunity for them. They basically delayed their salary, whatever they would have gotten, for an opportunity in Overwatch League. And newsflash, there's actually, for 20 teams, there's probably a good chance that you're going to get in there if you have the right PR and the right networking. So... I don't know. I, I don't see it as uh, as crucial to have the resources from the get-go. Um, I would even say, if I look at the 
um, simple percentage of people that had good networking and didn't have resources, it, it seems to me it was almost easier to get into Overwatch League than it is for some of those academy teams, uh, staffs. Interesting. 100%. Yeah, that's a that's a really interesting thought. So I guess this isn't exactly directly related to well it, it is related to to the topic that we're we're discussing here. But I want to I want to get a really clear thought here. Do you think that, you know, let's say what right now I think we have 11 maximum academy teams. Mm -hmm. If uh contenders NA went, you know, 16 or uh, whatever, do you think that that would lower the overall quality of game so much? Because right now, one of the key uh, concerns with the Tier 2 and Tier 3 scene, and, you know, Joe, you and I know, especially from broadcasting these things on Broadcast GG, we get to, you know, read these chat comments all the time, is one of the key uh, concerns is that uh, the Tier two and tier three scene isn't really sustainable not just from like a living standpoint which you could definitely make arguments either way that you know maybe you're not supposed to make a living off of playing on a contender's roster sure. uh but that it's not sustainable from an investment level from these endemic organizations which is why we saw uh, a lot of endemic organizations uh, i would say about I would say beginning of 2018, there wasn't a whole lot of endemic organizations left, left. in that scene who didn't get to uh, grab that Overwatch League side. United, gone. Uh, you're talking Rogue, gone. You're talking TSM, yeah. never was, I guess, so that's not fair. Um, but, uh, like, is is lowering the quality of competition in favor of maybe allowing these endemic organizations back in with more a more aggr more aggressive uh, I don't want to say aggressive but more favorable buyouts where it's there's more profit there from an organization side in the sense of if your contenders player goes to Overwatch League you're making a lot more than you were in season 1 and season 2 uh is there is is that going to lower the quality too much to to still deter endemic organizations? So just to to clarify, you're asking first if you know it would be a bad thing to increase the amount of teams. Some would ask that. I don't. On. I don't feel that way. I personally like my personal opinion. As long as uh -huh. that we are expanding the size of contenders. Uh, in increments, I don't. I think you have a lot smaller risk of overexpanding into these. All of a sudden, you have two or three zero and forty teams mm -hmm. because you're adding, you know, a dozen players at a time to a league rather than four dozen players at a time. Um, but sh sure, overall, that's one of the key dissenting okay. opinions. Um. I, I still worry about it. I, I do think that a academy teams feel a little bit overblown with how much resources they actually get. Um, and B, um, when it comes to endemic orgs coming back in, I don't see anybody really chomping at the bit to get a slot in Korea. I don't see anybody really chomping at the bit to get a slot in Europe. You know, let's say a team Dignitas or, you know, G2 wants to come back into the fold, let's say. 
I, I don't see them really acting on it. And, you know, again, that could just be my ignorance. You know, I, I don't have that information privy to to the, the kind of public domain. So maybe maybe they are. But, you know, publicly, they aren't um, really that interested, it feels like. So, you know, coming back to that NA, if we were to inc increase the slots just because there's so many NA, you know, Overwatch teams being added, you know, season after season, you then kind of get this weird inflation of slots in NA that you don't get elsewhere. So you see teams kind of just flocking to NA to begin with. And I think that removing the the op, not not adding opportunity to everything would be a bad to every region would be a bad look. I think that like really pushing the NA market is bad enough as it is. Um, and not adding. So if we add two slots to NA, you probably should add two slots to EU and you know region region wide, contenders wide, you probably should just increase overall. All you should just centralize it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if, if we're going to increase NA, then you probably should increase EU. And if you're going to increase EU, then everybody should just get two extra slots. And in that in that case, it's I don't think that's a good look for anybody. But if you add four slots NA, but not anywhere else in the world, then it's like, OK, well, everybody else feels slighted. Then you get more of a dissenting opinion. So I think either leaving it or actually making it smaller would probably do people some good you know take a step back to move forward to make things more interesting to get more investors involved to get more sponsors make yeah. it more sustainable i'm i'm c completely on the different side because good like already okay so core of the question is would it lower the level of play yes it would is that a problem what is yes. contenders for Contenders is not lowering the resin level of play. I mean, con uh, well, lowering the level of play initially, yes. And then you sort of like by dissemination and osmosis have raised the bar of everyone. By the way, I would also s uh, change the, the format probably a little bit around. I wouldn't play round robin. Um, but, but still, at the same time, I don't think that's a problem whatsoever. Like... A, nobody's really watching contenders anyway. So but I feel the like that's thing... the problem, though. I think that's the biggest problem is you have to get people to be interested in this stuff and adding more, you know, bottom bottom of the group teams to play against each other. You know, a, a, a dead week in a sense. Nobody's going to want to watch that to begin with. <clears throat> adding more people of that don't is going to watch two, you know, thirty and one hundred baseball teams play together. Unless sure, they're just so hardcore just... fans of that team, but these. Contenders I, I don't have those saying, fan though. base. Don't do don't make leaks then. Make it like the Apex format and yeah. have knockout stages. Sure. And I think if you want to completely rehaul the entire thing, I think that's fair. Isn't that if what you kind make of open division is? I that's what he's saying is take that kind of that that system and then apply it to contenders. Just make it a big tournament. That yeah. would be more interesting. To be fair, group play. I don't think I'd have to really gauge the public's opinion on that. And maybe we can get some feedback um, just through the podcast. But I don't think the public is that really that interested in the storylines of group play and not like a tournament itself. I, I think tournaments usually do pretty well. I will also say and, you know, my my job is a marketer. You know, that's that's what sure. I do full time. And when you look at contenders and how it is or is not quote-unquote marketed it's really difficult um to get excited like when you don't know a lot if you're not an analyst or aspiring analyst or coach or mm -hmm. player who isn't 
eating up all this stuff. Why do you care about, you know, Team CC in China, who's the academy team for uh, the Shanghai Dragons, but is struggling and looking to find those, you know, those key players who might be good. You know, like, Volamel, you remember when you posted about Gooshway and people thought you were riding the coattails of World Cup when you've been watching mm-hmm. these guys for six weeks straight? There's yep. there's no dissemination of um, results, and it's something that we worked hard on at Broadcast UG is, like, how do we tell stories here? How do we go beyond casting matches, and how do we tell stories? Because right now we're the only ones doing it, at least in English. Well- is it is it a problem of the format and of the stories, or is it a problem of uh, PR? Uh, what do you I, mean by I PR? I yeah, would ask. I would well, say yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe throw us a tweet like every play day on the main Overwatch account or whatever, or even just the Overwatch League account. I think that only goes so far. I think in the long run you do need to kind of better explain who this player is what are they about and to be fair you know i'll I'll give you know the the path to pro some credit they have done that for playoff teams but you know is it a budget thing and if if it is a budget thing i would say you know I'll, i'll be the martyr here take two steps back shrink contenders to be able to better make this platform more sustainable to launch these players forward having more teams does not do that the thing is, in my mind, people don't realize that in Contenders Korea, there are legitimately four teams always, always, every Contenders Korea season, there are four teams that could easily make playoffs in the Overwatch League. If people are told this repeatedly, by the way, at every corner that this is the case, but they still don't tune in, they're not really about that that life right that's not the I, I mean, time honestly i don't tune into a whole lot of korea overwatch at least live because the time zones suck true the, the the time zones you know i can i can catch na and i can catch the uh end of eu no problem usually the beginning too depending on how early i am i can catch those regions whereas korea like let's be honest okay so a tournament just happened this past weekend you it didn't fit your personal schedule as a professional adult how do you like how well invested is that time to go back and watch those vods especially when you get scores and not highlights and not story on your twitter feed well currently it would be very well invested by the way because we're completely like starving for overwatch league uh, for overwatch content will be for the better part of four months then and that's also another thing where i'm like this would be perfect if all the important stuff would be going down. Like, what if we had now in this current situation, what if we had now these contenders finals, right? Where there's nothing else going on. I'm, I'm literally watching America, uh, sorry, South Korean soldier brigades play against each other because there's nothing else on other than trials. By the way, also not streamed. So, yeah, I don't know. It's... It's kind of a sad situation at the moment. And uh, yeah, I'm not sure what, what uh, can really be done, but I hope we're still on. Yeah, yeah we're pretty sure we're good. just dropping dropping flames there. Yeah, um, but in general, yeah, I don't know. I, I personally think that it is a storytelling issue, mm-hmm. that it is um, a PR issue, and it's not really about the level of play for the players. Uh, I think especially Contenders NA has quite a lot of hype, probably more than it deserves. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Europe probably in that regard is the most underhyped. Uh, even though time and time again, European yeah. players come out and just show that they're also like easy can easily hang with that type of talent. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I mean, even though the others, this the other region is pretty much the same, and I, like. I don't know if they they play the same level of Overwatch, but a couple of teams are in there, right? So I think yes, that's probably a regionalized thing. It's certainly also the time zones that get into um, into the way. But yeah, at the same time, I already think like in many ways, Contenders Korea is a better product than Overwatch League, but. Like it's not comp- being consumed, but in the size of that, in in my like in the mm-hmm. ratio of the estimation I have. So, yeah. Fair enough. I think we we've we've done a lot of good discussion on the topic. I want to move on for a second because sure. uh, one of our four Chinese teams have trademarked a uh, new. Uh, hopefully, maybe a new uh, franchise named. name. Joe, give us give us the deets, man. See, this is this is the spice because I remember debating Yiska really early on in the Overwatch League when names were first starting to be copywritten, and he absolutely hated a lot of them. He's like, mm. the shock is stupid. What the heck is the fuel? What do I no, want? No, fuel is the worst one. He hates NA. He doesn't Dallas understand. Fuel. Doesn't understand. He absolutely was was abashed by that. Um, the rail gun. Um, it's it so which, way which, which city is this? Let me double check. I want to say it's Hangzhou. Yes, Hangzhou. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hangzhou um, rail gun. The Hangzhou rail gun. It is kind of a mouthful, but. What is what does a railgun have I'm to do apathetic. with Chinese culture or Hangzhou? That's just my ignorant question. Obviously nothing. Or or maybe I'm the ignorant one here, but I think it was more towards the gaming culture of, you know, look, we're an FPS org and we're here to no shoot railguns and stuff. So you're telling me out of like all twelve so in season one, all twelve of these franchise names sure. have had a lot to do with the Either the history of the country in esports or otherwise, and then we just have railgun. Still different than fuel. It's different. (laughs) Still better than fuel. But is it comparably so? But is it better than fish sticks? Uh, Yes. Yes. Well, there you go. You heard it here first, Reddit. (laughs) No, but the thing is, okay, so a. Let's put a little caveat on that because they ran a Twitter poll, as far as I remember. Not sure how much that is used in um, mm-hmm. in their respective region. Keep in mind, I'm not sure how expensive these trademarks are actually in China, or if trademarks do anything in China. I've, but... you know, <laughs> that's a good question right there. <laughs> that's for a but different the... different topic. <laughs> but the thing is, it wouldn't be impossible for me to. Um, think that they just reserved that thing so they could still do it if they the board actually decided on it being the final name. I don't know if simply having a trademark locks that in, right? So, and the, like the name itself, 
I mean, apparently people like it. I I remember a couple of other names were pretty good in that in their selection, but what do I know? I don't know. It's, it's just, all right. It's I'm, I feel kind of apathetic to it. I think I'll be more tied towards like the color and like the logo rather than the the name. You know yeah. what I mean? Like at this point, I'm just like, okay, if that's your name, um, you know, let's see what else. Let's let you right. know entice me a little bit more. You, you've 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 approached the gate pretty haphazardly. It's not great, but you know, we'll see. Very we'll creative, see. very creative. It's, but, it's out like, there, but a, a real good. Yeah, but yeah, I'm good. You know, and for anyone who's followed me for a long time, you know, I think NYXL has the best branding in in Overwatch League, and I, was, I agree. I was crapped on for like three months because everyone hated the name Excelsior, which uh, sure, whatever. And they nobody like, says that anymore. Like, yeah, oh, it's a flag and stuff. Flush. And well, you were wrong. Uh, yep. <laughs> I I don't get to say that often when I'm telling my opinions about Overwatch stuff. I think mm-hmm. more, more, most of that like dissenting opinion was about like the logo and how it gave everybody headaches rather than like what they did with it and what they did with like the style of New York and adding that into all of their content and then actually creating content. Well, and Fion, I mean, Fion said that the name itself was the worst in Overwatch League. Excelsioria, I'd say so. But NYXL, just repackaging it as that. Yeah, it's, it's not bad. It rolls off the tongue. It's quick to say, you know, it's kind of catchy. Does well, mm-hmm. but Excelsior itself, like the New York Excelsior, yeah, it's pretty weak. I agree, I agree, but that's why they went NYXL everywhere. Yes, exactly. Everywhere, they even from the beginning, they're like, "Hey, we're the New York Excelsior," but everywhere you see NYXL. Yes, yes. So, I just I don't see Railgun. Like, I see it a lot more likely being like their fan troop. You call or it something the HRG. Like That sounds like an STD. It really does. It sounds like something that you need. Trying to make this cool, man. Come on. Stop comparing it to venereal diseases. That you need medical help for. If you have (laughs) HRG, make sure to call your uh, local physician. Is that like some sort of supplement you get at like Whole Foods or something? Yeah, it's also when you see like the steroid thing at your gym and like they list like the different things. HRG is probably on there. Something you might get at Gold's Gym. Perhaps. <laughs> yeah, perhaps. Gold yeah. Still is infinitely my... better than the D fuel. Come on, let's let's move up a couple of uh, letters in the alphabet called Dallas fuel instead of G fuel. Dope, dude. Is that a I've thing? Never even made that. I've never is made that, a that thing? comparison. That I don't know where. Like, I think you might have had that argument in your head. Yeah, I think you. I think you won. Good job. That's no, that's that's literally the most creative way they could have conceived of that name. The worst alternative is Texas. Hmm. Oil, oil, and cows. Dallas cows. Hmm. You're lucky they didn't do something no. with like horns or bulls or. Come something. on, man. I mean, they did. The typical. outlaws did that. They did, but it was they like did, soft. no, they did. They just did. It's literally a longhorn. Yeah. Logo. Slight alterations, outlaws, like yeah. that's honestly, what that's what Texas is about. Everybody you know? loves the outlaws branding and logo, and uh, don't get me wrong, I understand why you do. Can I get a purple team? I got my green team now. I've the I've been a big, big annoyance. 
That's true. You know what? You're right. But give me more purple teams. Give me like a purple. Want, like, I'm, a Minnesota, teams, I'm a Minnesota Vikings fan. I don't want more purple. Like, uh, let me no. tell you, it sucks trying to wear okay, purple so, stuff around. It the, sucks. My, it doesn't my, go with anything. My field of view is specifically in esports. Name me like five not no, blue teams. No, name me five of any color teams that's not black blue or exactly red. so get get off of that stuff and give me some like give me a green give me like a teal like start probably find a green razor razor has outside of optic i mean tactical crouch is green okay Ra- but we're not razor, in the esports razor has razor has sponsored enough overwatch team or not uh esports teams sure to be green. okay you got two how many blue teams how many gray teams how many black teams get off that give me a pink team Vancouver, I'm looking at you, dog. Give me, a, I Give mean, me some pink and blue. That has to Give be, yeah. Colors. Right, so Vancouver, they're the ones signing Runaway, presumably, right now. Reportedly. Yeah. So, Reportedly. you know, if they don't go pink with that, I'm going to be disappointed at the same time if mm-hmm. they do go pink with that and be like, you guys are stupid. These guys are only going to be playing for you for like three years max. Whatever. I nice mean, it, it, it diversifies what you look sure, like. They don't if have I a lot a of overlapping team, colors in the original exactly. 12. They don't. Mm-hmm. There's not a whole and lot. That's, that's been a good marketing tool. I want to yeah. see more of that. We've clearly wasted enough time on this. Hey. <laughs> I mean, yeah. we've clearly invested too much time in this. Uh, tier yeah. two. So this is really interesting. Multiple sources have come forward this past week to bring to light a VOD sharing Discord server um, that many of the NA trials contenders and even top open division teams have reportedly been a part of. Yiska, I need to hear yeah. from you here as yeah. our VOD whisperer. Well, that's basically the Apex simulator, right? For Western teams. Isn't that what it is? Like having all your bots shared so... Oh, never mind. What is what so, is Apex Simulator? You got to tell me right now because I don't well, have. Well, because back back I in the day, I didn't write the book on were, Korea Overwatch. Yeah, it makes sense. Back in the day, there were um, rumors and sort of. I mean, there was some evidence that, especially Dallas Fuel, was kind of cold red with like innovative, uh, innovating strategies. Like there was one of those games where they played on, I think it was Hollywood, and they did like a reach around strat, but they also did. It was something like with oh, like a sombra. It was so like I had never seen it before, and I guarantee you, it was never seen seen before. But for for some reason, that specific Korean team had the pitch perfect answer to that. If actually, um, I mean, the probably the higher probability is that they did make it up on the spot. But if there is a chance, or if it, di- it was in fact the case that they got this from having bots shared to them, which was honestly, I think a lot of Western players has, have communicated that suspicion um, that they were all often like seemingly cold red, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's basically the Apex Simulator in terms of like having, your, having to play as if your bots were always known and still beating the enemy team, right? Um, so I have to say it is inherently uh, uncompetitive and I think you should be ashamed of yourself if you actually use these bots Um, I I remember for instance great sportsmen like for instance the fusion I remember that one 
even though I now have to bring up that uh, painful story again, is when they found out that there was a way to get match data from um, other Overwatch League teams that one wasn't supposed to be uh, able to get, uh, they went public with that and clearly said, we're not going to use that information, but be, please be aware. It would be very easy for them to use that to probably an effective amount, I would have said. Mm -hmm. This was obviously very quickly fixed, also in combination with uh, BZ at the time, so there was weren't any further breaches or anything of that sort, but yeah, I think that's what you should be doing. If that is being offered to you, you got, go directly to the officials of uh, contenders, and you disclose that, and then you maybe even try to find out who's disseminating these vaults because that's just like really unbecoming of someone that is fighting for his life to get into Overwatch League. Mm -hmm. And you also just let me just say also for yourself, you don't want to earn it that way. It won't feel as rewarding, right? But yeah, that's just me, maybe. Yes, guys, no, I have to ask you a follow up question really quick before Joe. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. You're good, um, then. No worries. <laughs> sorry. What type of VODs are these? Are these game VODs? Are these scrims? Scrim VODs, yeah. But I thought that scrims didn't make matter because I scrim, therefore well, I go ham. <laughs> True. True. That's exactly the why thing they is, matter, though. Yeah, the thing is... <clears throat> so, for instance, there are certain strategies that you will encounter in everyday Overwatch League uh, scrims that will directly tell you what kind of strategy they, they will run. It won't possibly tell you which players will be on it or like what kind of performance you can expect from these players, but you can definitely expect some sort of variation. Right? So, for instance, the forward hold again, uh, that Dallas did against London um, on Blizzard World, if you remember that one, uh, next to the Nobody Sergio. remembers that one except, like... Okay, that's so impressive, but yes, yeah. okay, yes. Yeah, so. That is that was highly uh, telegraphed in scrims as far as I um, as I as I recall that situation. And if you have the time to prepare for that, then you should probably not lose to it. <laughs> Lon did yeah. lost to it, so yeah, that was an interesting situation. But yeah, um, yeah, and in general, I think having the info of the scrims is a pretty big deal simply because for for instance best example what if they know about the gladiators you know roundabout in king's row going you got to hit your i hate that it's we just call it the gladiators it was meta strat okay yeah okay true um but yeah if, if they know that's though, coming so yeah if if that's coming then I mean, there's also something to be said. Yes, like even if you didn't invent the wheel, if the guy that v invented the no, wheel dies of scurvy, and you bury, like you get to, like you know, get uh -huh. that thing out of the ground and say, "Wow, that's round. I did that." Then it's yours. Yeah, timestamp. This it. is America. Timestamp it. I, did, I actually am. I'm typing it out right now. <laughs> Which is why... I, know, I can see you typing. I'm like, all right, what time is this? So, because this yeah. is going to go on the Twitter. Yeah, that's going to Twitter <laughs> right away. Like, what? 
another one of Yiska's but, but I agree, analogies. You know, if- yeah <laughs> if you do popularize it you know i i can't blame it but it's just like dang you kids yeah, yeah i i get it you're the you're the hipster of overwatch uh, yeah, yeah very, much so. very much yeah i get it so joe <laughs> sorry you didn't get to uh, chime in a whole lot on this so i mean in the end what impact do you think that this is having on the scene right now do you think it's a big impact is there a uh, way yeah, to fix course. it? Um, obviously, it's hard to tell exactly how much of an impact. We don't know. You know, I've heard that there are like certain te- like anti this server, you know, anti this team server here. You know, there, there's rumors going around and, you know, it's hard to substantiate them if you're not close to the, the issue. Um, but it is completely anti-competition. And I would hope that um, the officials are looking into this and will be um, uh, acting on this quickly. Uh, because I, I don't think it's good for anybody when you're when the entire marketing scheme for contenders is the path to pro and you already have people trying to undermine the the climb up. And I, I understand, you know, it's not sustainable. You have to, you know, claw and, you know, put your blood, sweat and tears into this just to even get a chance to trial with a team. And even then. You know, you might not even get one. Um, I think there are other ways to go about this. And I think this is just, you know, a, a quick way out. And like like Yiska said, this isn't going to feel as good. Um, this is this isn't what you really want. Um, and if that's if you're really chasing it for those reasons, I would I would seriously reconsider because it's not not a good um a relationship to make with the community because it's probably going to come out sooner or later. It's esports is a small world. Somebody will hear about it. Somebody will tell somebody, you know, seven degrees of Kevin Bacon. It exists. Somebody's going to hear about it. Mm-hmm. Doesn't this, so going back, though, doesn't this, you know, kind of talk about our first topic of the day, which is about, mm-hmm. you know, expanding path to pro. If these games are competitive enough to where you can gain an edge simply by uh, having VODs and basic strats and stuff, doesn't that, you know, say that? We are indeed in, in, in a competitive league, maybe overly competitive, and that maybe expanding that to more teams might be a good thing. I think that'd be pretty weak, like tie in. Um, if I had a VOD, if I was, you know, for example, let's look at last season of NA, right? If I'm XL2 and I need Skyfox VODs, you probably you you'd probably be okay if i if i'm envy and i need bi-week vods to to really pick them apart i i think i'd be okay um then if you continue down energy to toronto yeah you could probably could probably learn something you could probably start to levy that information but does does you know do bi-week need skyfox's vods possibly does ggea need sankit win vods possibly probably not you know it's and then even increasing that farther, you know, does Fusion University need GOATS VODs or Fractal Esports VODs? Probably not. You know what I mean? Like increasing I, I that you. farther. I agree with like, you, by the way. Just on a mechanical level. I, yeah. That's fair. But I just don't see it really mattering too much. I think it definitely harms more than it's worth just sharing information like that you know specific and that's that's the thing is it feels like it's structured 
again, I have no idea. I don't claim to know, but it feels like it's the rumor. The rumors has it that it's structured. It's like, oh, we don't like this team. So we're going to try to produce as much information about them as possible. So that everybody has like the uh, a team report on how to beat this team. It's just like. So let's nah. go. Let's go to the flip side here. Let's say so. So something and this isn't directly correlated, but Joe, this is something you and I have had to deal with with open division and contenders trials even. There are teams that don't want to be streamed simply for fear of mm-hmm. quote unquote VODs being leaked. Um, a, do you think that that's okay? Do you think like there should be like should all open division teams at least have a recording of their VOD that they upload to a centralized server for not for scrims? Keep in mind this is different. Not for scrims, right. but for their actual physical matches. Probably. Um, and if not, like what what should be done to players or coaches who are caught doing this kind of VOD sharing, having VODs that they haven't been authorized to have? That's the thing, as I don't know exactly what what you could do. Um, I mean, you can ban them. You can ban you them could, indefinitely. Ban them. Is that too tough? Indefinitely, yeah, probably. I mean, DeFran's um, coming back in season two, so I mean, you know, reportedly. Um, yeah, I, I, I definitely understand where they're coming from. You know, you have to try everything you can to to get to the top, but I think that that's just really underhanded, and it ruins the you're 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 actively trying to poison the well. Um, so I, I would hope that um, some action would be taken against that, and um, and and really set a precedent that this is not. You know the the um, message that the Path to Pro is trying to portray. You know we're not here to, you know, underhandedly win at all costs. You know that's not not good for anybody. It's not good for Overwatch League. It's not good for Overwatch in general. It's not good for esports. So trying to remove that as much as possible. Um, how severely should they be punished? I don't know. Season ban first. First offense. Give them a season off. Yeah. Well, Aniska, this no, is something that you've said for Overwatch League players. Uh, the biggest part about being there, um, one of the biggest, you had like a list of four, and I'm going to butcher the order, so you can you know clarify for mm. us. Is you know the 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 four ways, the the four most important aspects of getting into Overwatch League, and I believe two of those were simply dedicated to who you know and who knows you. Hmm. Yes. Um, I mean. Is the question then if they can use leaked vods to network? <laughs> I guess that's the way. Like that's no, not, not even the leaked right vods, way. but like having all of your matches. Like it seems like having all of your matches there for you know a, a scout or a coach to see would be much more valuable than the one match advantage you get for the first time you play Blizzard World against you know week three open division team. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's a pretty big advantage. I, like, the thing is, what rubs me a little bit the wrong way is also there is a certain carelessness with esports. I feel like, I think what um, what people don't realize is that, from my understanding, ninety percent of scrimboards are uploaded onto YouTube and simply left unlisted. So as soon as someone, like one person, disseminates 
it's not locked behind any account you have to create and have, then have to uh, give the um, the go for or whatever. It's literally if you have the link, then the internet has the link potentially, and mm -hmm. that in itself is a little careless. I feel like, but that that seems to be the the um, the way this works, but. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think in general, it sh simply shouldn't be leaked. You should probably be very private. You should definitely also try to cut down on these. Like, if, if you can see where a leak is coming from, and also incentivize every Overwatch uh, League team, as well as Academy team and team in general, to run, like, certain tests who could be leaking these, right? Um, there's certainly some methods you can run. It's also the same with like who informs these league personalities. Give them a f couple of false uh, things that you can identify them by. Then follow that back to the roots. Like you have a lot of things you can do, and then you just simply ban them for life for screaming against you. Right? That's your right. I don't think it's proper for a league to say, "Okay, we ban you for for life for leaking bots." I'm generally against mm -hmm. infinite bans in any sort of way um, and or infinite punishments for that matter. So yeah, I think uh, you definitely shouldn't be allowed to keep participating in the competition in the very competition in the season that uh, you sabotaged basically. Yep, fair enough. All right, we've got one more thing I want to talk about on this show before we uh, call it a show here, because we're, we're running up on that hour mark here for a second. Um, Overwatch League observing. So two Overwatch League observers, Jason Baker, also known as Alchemist or Alchemister on um, just kind of everywhere, and Imagine42 were notified abruptly that their Overwatch, uh, Overwatch League contracts have not been renewed. Now, a couple of things. Number one, uh, Alchemist was not just a, an observer or even a lead observer. Observer, his official title was technical director. Um, and then Imagine Forty Two uh, later on in one of his tweets, Jason had said that you know the th how FreeCam works in the Observer client is basically thanks to Imagine. So. There, there, there's two two people who have you know made incredible contributions to the Overwatch League team, not being renewed for season two. Yiska, I need to ask you: Do you have any hot takes here? What are your thoughts and feelings on this? Your emotions? I know you're a really emotional guy. Oof. I know you've yeah. got lots of emotions about this. What, yeah, you know, kind of. What, what are your? Which what, I don't. Don't realize until I've uh, vocalized them, I suppose. Started crying in the shower. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So tell me, what are your thoughts on this? So my first thought is, what a bad move. Like, so I always thought that a Apex Observing was sort of overhyped. Um, Why do you say that? Because that was going to be my next question. So, yeah. Well... I think there's a big nostalgia part. I think they have some couple of iconic uh, moments where with their observing. I think they messed up a load of stuff as well. I think people conflate 
what great production and great observing was and therefore assumed because the production was great it must have also also had great observing don't think that's the case i think at the time when the community was criticizing it i didn't personally have a problem with it as big of or not a big one i understood the criticism sort of i think they tremendously improved on that i think I that when i read Whew, okay, here comes the emotion. Um, when I read the, the Reddit thread about the reception of it, and there's a comment that can sit up there at 50 upvotes uh, um, when I looked at it, which said, ding dong, the witch is dead, and the next one after that is good riddance. You're like, the community just deserves all the rotten shit that is happening to it right now and which you are so incredibly ignorant to you guys have no idea what's going on behind the scenes but you you act as if you can and in this very specific case everyone who does know tells you that he's a massive fucking upgrade over anyone you could hire and you still don't believe them I guess you're just an expert from watching the Overwatch League stream then. Can the I, can I, that I don't want to interrupt you. Can I just like let just something out here for a second? Sure. I responded to one of the comments that said that um, the observing in season one was the low point. Uh, I, I, ha I actually responded to this on Reddit. I felt so bad, and I said, you were the low point of season one, <laughs> and I just left. So uh, I'm pretty pissed about that, too. I'm right on your page. Sorry to interrupt you on that, though. Continue. Yeah. The thing is, okay, so keep in mind, your job description likely isn't, as a technical director, give the community the the product that they want and demand at every single point. Your job description is, here's a list of things we want you to do. 30% of those you won't agree with, but you still have to do them because that's called having a fucking job. And... There goes the clean tag, boys. <laughs> my bad. And, um, like, to then assume that this is all on him, yes, Certain responsibilities have to be taken by him naturally, but I don't know how hard people have to tell you through the grapevine that there are certain restrictions in which way this, like people high up, want this to be done and how much responsibility is there. Then again, I guess there's no face you can put to them. So, like, the next guy then is Alchemist, right? Like, that's the that's guy that's responsible for... Yeah. No, 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 no. He actually isn't. He's responsible for the things he does within his constraints. The fact that you don't know about these constraints, think you know, won't accept that input from anyone else in the community telling you that he's a master within these constraints. I don't know what to tell you at this point. You just have to stay ignorant, and you're deserving the scene you're getting. That's basically what, I, what I'm going to say about this. Yep. Joe. But, I, but I will say, you yeah. know, uh, I'll, I'll jump in um, to disseminate a lot of what what people say on Reddit, um, because I did kind of take a, a, a gander at that whole thread or at least the sentiment. From my it. Comment? I, I can't say that I did. It was a quick, quick glance just to kind of take a, a few little points sure. and, and just to yeah. see how sure. most people were sure. were talking about it. 
when when people talk about apex well i guess first let's let's really define what observing is observing is just in-game viewing of what is happening and and trying to tell a story through in-game means what is not observing is player cams and that's a repeated remark that i keep hearing brought up is that oh well it was so good when they went to the players why can't overwatch league do that it's definitely alchemist's fault definitely isn't by the way (laughs) you that that's something that's been ingrained in that production and again, keyword here is production, not observing. OGN has done that for years. If you want to complain that that's an Overwatch League production issue, that's fine. But that's not the issue of the observing team. Observing and production, two separate things. So let's let's define that right now, Reddit. Now, when we keep bringing that up, all I'm hearing is rose-tinted arguments of the really cool stories that they were told, which is another production thing. If you have an issue with what Overwatch League gave you as a story, talk to the Overwatch League. Do not talk to the observing team. That's like asking the garbage men, what you know? Why are the streets so messed up? Why do? Why would they know? They're yeah. garbage people. They pick up your garbage. Why would they know if you know where my tax dollars are going? Yeah, you're arguing to the wrong crowd. Yes, tangentially related. And it's just put in one, one into, oh, this is something with cameras. I guess this guy is, yeah, you, you don't understand. Now I, now I will say, um, I think a lot of that stems from how public they are in, in trying to sure. address criticism. But I think that should be celebrated in, in you know, yeah. be, having someone there to be able to talk to immediately is something you should champion, not criticize. So, you know, by by sake of the Internet, the second somebody comes out and is transparent, there's somebody always going to be there to abuse it. But I, I probably would have tried to uh, lean off of that as much as possible because they're going to attack you at every turn. You know, there's a reason why a lot of the upper, you know, heads of the you know head office aren't, you know, public on Reddit and Twitter and just answering everybody's old question, because, again, you know, they're going to attack you because they know that you watch this and you read it. So I, 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 I would probably appreciate that more than what it's worth, but the community obviously can't, um, can't be adults here. No. All, all I really want to say on, on the whole situation is first of all, uh, Jason, imagine, thank you for your amazing work in season one there. Mm-hmm. Overwatch league season one on so many different levels set so many, you know, amazing bars. And there's no doubt that they were a part of that. Uh, to the people who think that, you know, whatever, rose-colored glasses, so, so-and-so is better, or this and that, uh, you're, you're an idiot. I, I'm going to say it. You're an idiot. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sick of going around it. We had an amazing, and I, I agree, it got better. There was definitely low sure, points, yeah. especially in stage one. I remember them very specifically where, you know, we're, we're catching, you know, a flanking tracer while a big team battle is going on and stuff. That stuff happened. I get it. Mm-hmm. But uh, to look and look back at Overwatch League Season 1, to look at, A, all the new tech that they pioneered. Uh, like, what is it? Like, 13? Like, they can get a new... They can get a replay in, like, 30 seconds to the booth. Yeah, like a, a highlight or whatever. Third person, you know, free cam, all this kind of stuff. stuff. Yeah, like there's so much cool stuff that you wouldn't be able to get if you weren't directly under Blizzard. And where do you think that came from? Do you think that Reddit just came up with, you know, these are the things we want? And Alchemist was like, all right, here we go. Yep. Straight straight to Nate Nanzer and 
inspector so that they can get that you know team four cracking on that as soon as possible because reddit wants it so because reddit asks for it we must you know bow to what the community a small portion remind you of the community wants small vocal portion who we i mean you know joe yiska we've all dealt with this for a long time where you've got this small very combative minority who will you know go to great depths to disprove or disagree with something Mm -hmm. that you've said and you know it's part a it goes with the job we put out a podcast knowing that tomorrow on youtube that there's going to be at least two, you know, comments saying like, this was wrong. You remembered this wrong, blah, 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 whatever. You know, I'm like, yeah, you had 20 minutes to Google that. Didn't you son? Uh, but besides that fact, like that's a part of it. And you know, there's, I know Jason well enough. And you know, I feel like I, from the respect that imagine gets, I'm sure he understands that that's part of what goes with the territory. Uh, but you know, it was just, it was, I, I don't understand why Overwatch League would reduce the size of their observing team. So, the, you know, kind of the, the going forward, right? It's are they replacing them? Are they reducing the overall size um, or something different? And of course, we're not there, right? We weren't in there. It could have been something very different than from what we're let, letting on. I don't believe that. Yeah. Um, I mean, to be honest, like I already have to say that I feel bad for the guy that has to do the job now because we will have to see him at World Cup. This guy yep. will have to uh, produce it somehow. And the best that can probably happen is that some of the already established observing crew moves up to the task. I'm not sure if he will be by the time that World Cup comes around because it's probably a lot of... Um, Things you need to learn, right? Like certain, like just like you learn video games, you layer on top new skills, layer on layer on layer, and that takes time. It, you, it will be very hard for the, this guy to uh, get it to this same level. I hope we will have comparable quality of observing by the time Overwatch League runs, uh, yeah. rolls around. But yeah, that's that. Like I already have to sort of preemptively say. Give the guy who is doing the observing after, give, give him, him a sta- break. Give him a stage. I, I do want to kind of open up uh, a small tangent off of this. And this stems from the bigger issue that I think Overwatch and, you know, the, the highest level of the Overwatch League has been completely rushed. You don't have a rich history of people who have done this for a really long time, right? So... The people that have had experience in it were actively trying to remove. That doesn't make sense to me because you don't share a personal opinion with them. When they voice it publicly, you just instantly decide to remove them, even though they are probably the best fit for the job. We're just going to remove them because eh, didn't like what he said on, on Reddit or Twitter. Yeah. And it's not even I- some sort of like you know uh, a charged message it was just a difference of opinions on how the game should be observed and we're just calling for their jobs because of it i i don't understand that in in a scene where you have very little experience in this specific role not only to lead those very specific people you're you're trying to remove the people that are have the, the probably the most experience in that 
Yeah, it's Pjok Dan and Kruger. Isn't I it? have no idea what what you actually want. I don't know that you know what you want. Yeah, I mean that's that's also the case. Like, I think consumer feedback is sort of weak as to establish what consumers actually want. Mm -hmm. I I actually personally don't think I what no I know what I want until I see God, no. what I want. So and it changes day to day. It changes on your mood. It changes on you know five years ago. Look Dude. at your 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 palette of tastes and in, in comparison to now. Like I, what I liked when I was twelve has no you know bearing on what I like when I'm twenty five. You know what I mean? Like that stuff yeah. changes. Same shirt since yeah. I was twelve. By the way. All right. Well, you're the nice you're the outlier, bud. <laughs> no, it's Fair. it's basically like going shoe shopping and going like I have a perfect understanding of what kind of shoe I want to have, right? Which I haven't seen at all before. That's, never tried on. No, never never done. Never never ran in them. Never played tennis nope. in them. Never nope. you know, hiked with them. But I know exactly what I want. No, you yeah. don't. You have no idea. Dude, the way I go shoe shopping is I go into the shoe shop. I glance at the wall. If nothing sticks to my eye, I'm leaving the Maybe. shoe shop. And and then even if they do, it's like okay, you've passed the first trial. Now I'm going to try you on, you know, just to yep. just to see yeah. how do they feel. Oh, don't like them? Okay, I put them back. I have no idea what I want. And you so, have no yeah. idea what you want. To to extend that even further, you go to the the shoe shop. You don't see anything that sticks out to the wall. How much likely? How likely are you to say to the store manager, "Hey, I really love the shoe selection you have." <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. You're, you're should not, the, should right? the manager because... of the store be fired because I didn't see what I liked on the yes! wall? <laughs> Anticipate my needs. Yeah. Uh, no. no, obviously not. And that's kind of what it feels like is you have, you know, yes. some some highlight, you know, I, I would say amazing observing throughout season one as a whole. Amazing observing, amazing experience watching Overwatch from it just from a game perspective ignore all the other stuff the death segments all the stuff just from sure you're in the game cut everything out amazing experience overall mm -hmm. could it be improved sure absolutely of course. however and i think this is the important distinction for 40 games times what 12 teams right 40 mm -hmm. games times 12 teams no, I, it's not i don't want works I don't want to do the map because you have to Whatever. divide it by two again. It's a lot of games. I had yeah, yeah. some great, you know, great spectating experiences. I enjoyed mm -hmm. watching the games, but I didn't get the sweet Nana boost in the air to the Genji going into the Graviton that one time in Apex that everyone remembers, and that's why they're the gods of Overwatch observing. Uh, because I didn't get those pair of Air Jordans that really stuck out to me on the shoe wall. Like it doesn't mean yeah. that that it wasn't an amazing experience overall. Yeah. No, hundred percent. And, and I'll end this with like two big top or two kind of uh, closing arguments, right? Great. You haven't you haven't treated yourself to how bad some of the other contenders regions are. If you think the Overwatch League is the the you know the worst thing you've ever seen in your entire life, you haven't seen bad observing. It's very difficult to go to a contenders region. Even even NA has issues with this. Even EU, China, don't even get me started on them. South, South America, America, it's gotten better, oh, yeah. but it's still you know a, a, a small crew. You haven't seen bad observing. Mm -hmm. 
it's so yeah. difficult to actually disseminate a information or b even get a sense of a story in those regions that you you, you have no no you know uh, no case study to draw from you just don't like this because it's not apex again yeah. roast in an argument and B, the game itself is so difficult to catch everything that you're not going to get it all. You're yeah. just not. So you have to you have to make a hierarchical choice. Do I catch the graph? Do I get the pulse bomb? Do I get the dragon blade? Which one can I show? Because I'm sorry, you don't want me to flip through all three of them as they happen because you will get seasick and vomit out your window. <laughs> Joe. Yeah. By the in, way, just real quick. Yeah. The I see this argument being brought up that these hot these amateur tournaments for instance that zp casted recently like the, the these private tournaments are somehow better spectated than the overwatch league guess why if that's your opinion like i can't argue with taste i can tell you though those tournaments definitely don't have the restrictions that are laid upon the uh, overwatch mm -hmm. league so so, so what do you mean, what by, I'm that? Saying what do you mean is, by restrictions? Well, I don't know if I can say concrete stuff. Yeah, um, but you're told from, from a boss that they want more of this. I want more third person, let's say. Or I want more mm -hmm. free cam. Yes. Well, if the situation doesn't call for it, I'm now shoehorning a style of observing. It, it would be like for, for Hastro to come to the Dallas Fuel and say, I want more quad tank play. Well, Hastro, the map doesn't call for it. Yeah, but you're going to do it anyways because I told you to. It's that overreaching that it feels like is happening more than, you know, you know, we trust you do a good job. It's all we want more of this because we think we know better. That's I, that's what I, I'm getting from this whole kind of conversation. If it's a guy from the MLG team, that's fine. I think they have the expertise expertise. Yeah. In um, in the in our seen so to speak in esports that they can make educated guesses if it's some guy that they hired for big bucks from the nfl he can't know and if he pretends to know he's full of it there's no way that you understand esports only having been in now for one and a half year at most and how other teams are um um how other games are being spectated what fans actually want how it's how esports is primarily not a team movement, but an individual movement, so to speak. It's mm -hmm. So like a unit made up of teams. If you don't know this from the history of esports, you're not going to get that feeling for the community in one and a half years, for most of them probably even less time. So I would definitely listen to Alchemists over uh, these types of guys. And that's Fair. the thing, again, I don't think people realize is that he has experience with other games. Like, I, I, obviously, you know, we should with wear e our resumes right? on our chest. He was with E-League. He was with, I, I believe, and maybe he can correct me if I'm wrong, but I want to say he was with MLG back in the day doing WoW yes. stuff. Yes. Like, he's, he's done this before. He's worked with CS, how to spectate CS, yeah. what to do there. He's laid yeah. that groundwork. You're shooting yourselves in the foot if you think that he was the problem. I'm sorry. <laughs> Every other... Uh, scene that he has come from considers him a legend, and but apparently kind of a exactly. we gave him. This is yeah. it's very shameless. And to be fair, shameful. you could definitely make the argument that Overwatch is the most difficult game to spectate 
Oh, 100%. Of any eSport. Yeah. There's nothing that I yes. can think of that's more difficult to spectate than Overwatch. We had an amazing uh, Twitter thread between uh, Alchemist and Simus mm-hmm. talking about all the difficulties of stats and spectating and mm-hmm. all the... All the different important, dis- you know, you know, there's not a real decision making in CS:GO yeah. of like you look at the positioning of the players and you find the one that's most likely yeah. to, to have get a kill at this time, him. to have that action at this sure. time, and then you spectate yeah. them the best you can. Do you it's- get a flanking tracer? Does it give you a really good uh, idea? Does it tell a story differently than you know? Because arguably, you could say just follow the main tank, right? Just spectate the main tank, guys, because that's where the main fight's going to be. But that's not how Overwatch works. That's not how you spectate Overwatch. In fact, that's how you get really crappy Overwatch spectator experiences, even if you have less of a qualm with it, I guess. Because every mm-hmm. time you spectate a, a Winston and, you know, yeah, I guess I kind of got it, but I missed the story. It's very different than anticipating a big yeah. tracer play in the back line that, you know, sure. tells an amazing story, but they end up, you know, uh, backing out because the shot caller says, no, 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 wait, wait, we don't have this all or something like that. Sure. So yeah. it's, it's also like just the idea of, okay. So ah, guys, okay. It took a while, but I fi- figured out how I can observe traces on flanks. I figured out, who is great on flanks? Who gets those one clips that everyone wants to see? The, the, those like very impactful kills. And I figured out when they happen. I have a really like intuitive feel for it. What's that, Jeff? What do you say? Brigitte? Is that how you? Pro- oh. Gosh darn! I guess I don't understand the meta anymore. So let's start from scratch. What is it? Goats? Oh yeah. Okay. So how do we make that? Like. All right, throw everything it's, we had out the window. Trying to relearn how to observe. Oh wait, next next season's gonna have a new meta too. Wow, it's it's like it's three days before yeah. the stage starts. We still don't know what patch we're playing on. Uh, yeah. Don't even get me started. On that. <laughs> yeah. We won't let's, go. There. Let's like pa- painting the Mona Lisa on an etch sketch, and like there's always like a kid going like. Yeah, you're just, you're just on an earthquake-prone island, and it just keeps shaking and erasing the edge sketch every yeah. 30 seconds. It's like, well, guys, I'm trying to work here. Yeah. No, we, we yeah. need more. We need more nuance and uh, the table's a magnet as well. So yeah, it's just it's just you're not gonna make it happen. All right, this is fun. This is a good show. I'm really glad that we got this one through. We gotta get out of here though. So, number one, first, thank you everyone for who tuned in for episode three. We've done this three times, yes, yes. and uh, thank you for your thoughts, your questions. Twitch chat. Uh, Twitch chat, you guys... if you have questions, we're not. I don't know if we're going to be able to fit you in, but if you got questions, the Twitter's below. Hit us up if you got specific questions. Yes. We might have to cut that out this this time, but yep. this time we're, we we're always open, we're always here. We always did. I did get I an, an email from Josh H., got your email today and um we will discuss it next week i apologize we were go- we were going through the end again we're going to answer those emails yes i promise this is something that will absolutely absolutely happen so make sure to send us your emails you can find us everywhere that you would normally find overwatch league daily so on twitter at owl daily show uh, email us overwatchleagedaily at gmail.com. If you're searching for, on an RSS feed, search for Overwatch League Daily, though I think you can search for Tactical Crouch and it'll at least bring up the episodes for you, if not the specific podcast feed. 
thank you for all the feedback too. I mean, starting a new podcast is always kind of a challenge. You're always trying to kind of figure out how you're going to work together and which co-host you're going to hate. Spoiler, I don't hate either of these guys so far, so we're doing pretty good. Um, yeah, sorry about the disconnect at the end there. Uh, there goes my afternoon with editing. Oh, no. Uh, but besides that, um, yeah, send us your questions. Send us your thoughts. We'd love to know your thoughts. Um, be gentle. Yeah. Be gentle. Joe's a crier. Be gentle. Joe's a crier. Okay, guys. More juice. Hmm. He will. Uh, more, Are we even live? More juice and more leaks. No leaks. You'll more get enough leaks. leaks. Maybe leaks. Next time Maybe. leaks. Next time. Next time leaks. You heard it here first. Next time. Joe Next will time. have procrastination. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yiska will have leaks for you. Uh, thank I'll you guys. Try. Thank you guys so much for hanging out. I don't even have the outro music for this one, so we're going to go out in silence. R.I.P. Um, Pour one out for your boys. I know, right? Life is just... Taps in the chat. It's just tough, you know? And But I got I to gotta say, Joe, uh, Yiska, overall, this has been a fun first few episodes, to say the least. Yes, yes. It's been a good time. Just sing the outro... I don't know. Just I, I can't beatbox that good. Sing the outro. I don't think we're going to actually sing the outro. I think what we're going to do is stall long that, enough. That's like a $100 donation right there. Here's what we're doing. To we're going to we're going to stall. We're going to get out of here. Thank you guys. See you next time. Bye. Bye bye bye.